The Athletic. Hi folks, welcome to a very special episode of the 59th Minute FPL podcast. Today I'm joined by Prince Abdullah bin Mossad, owner of Sheffield United, to discuss all things FPL. Abdullah is a very successful fantasy Premier League manager with four top 10,000 finishes, including a 194th place finish in the 2012-13 season, as well as the top the four top 10K finishes, Abdullah has a further four top 100,000 ranks to his name. He certainly knows his FPL. Thanks for joining me for this episode, Abdullah. How are you doing and how is your FPL season going? It uh, started uh, really bad. I think I, I, the, the first four weeks I was uh, the six millions. But then I had a really good run. It, was, it, it has been one of the most enjoyable seasons. I jumped from what, six million to 75. And then I decided 75,000, and then I decided to use the wild card. And since then, uh, I've been uh, depressed. I mean, every red arrows and all the players I, I brought in, and uh, like they've not done anything yet. And uh, I think I, I'm down now to 170,000 or something. You're like me at the moment, pretty pretty disillusioned with the game. Uh, I think I'm on seven red arrows. You've, you've probably got something similar. So hopefully our fortunes will change in the next couple of weeks. I'm just going to get into a couple of questions here. So first one is, how long have you been playing FPL? And also, what's your earliest FPL memory? I think uh, I, I used to be really addictive to the fantasy, NFL fantasy. And then a friend of mine told me, why don't you try Premier League? I said, no, I don't want to try it because I know myself. Like if I, I, if I get in love with something, I really go all the way. But then in January, it was, uh, he told me again, do it. So I, I thought I would join in January. I joined. I remember Arsenal was doing well at the time. Uh, and uh, I had, I think, Terry Henry in my team. Or, uh, and I started to, to, to shift my focus from fantasy, like NFL fantasy, to Premier League. And I really now I can't stand the NFL fantasy. Just because I think the way that the Premier League, uh, they do their fantasy is re- really addictive. Because first, you keep your record for the past year. So, like, you always want to do well. And it's fair because everybody has the same budget, can have any players you, any player you want. So since I started, I think I'm, I don't exaggerate if I say that uh, maybe I should be ashamed or not. I don't know, but big time of my big, big chunk of my time and life evolved around fantasy football. So English fantasy Premier League comes before NFL for you now then? Yeah, of course. I mean, there, you can't compare. I think it's my first hobby now is Premier League fantasy. Like uh, as soon even the season finished, I start counting the days till the, the new season uh, opens. I'm I'm already counting the days for the new season, even though this one's not finished. But when I have like I noticed that uh, I should like I do the opposite. Like when I when I have three four red red arrows, I don't listen to podcast. I try not to think about Premier League. Like maybe that's the time you need help. But uh, like when I'm doing well, I listen to everything. I try to like I'm more like more into it. But when when I have bad arrows, I just want to get away from the screen. I don't want to see my. So now I'm like I've been away from fantasy for three weeks. Like watch all the games, but not visit my page. Like every other. That's what I like to do when when things are not going well. I like to step away for a couple of days. But it's very hard when you have to come out and do articles and podcasts. So there's no hiding place for me. So still sticking to. FPL memories. Do you have a favorite FPL memory? And also, do you have a most frustrating FPL memory? Captain is for me. I mean, if you, I, I think if there was no captain, I'll do much better. I mean, like even this year, 
even when I jumped from six million to seventy-five thousand, I, I I think I looked at my stats as a captain, and it was really not good. But I think captain what what makes the game really like more more addictive. I, I don't think I don't wish that a Premier League will will change that. So my favorite moments have to be when you get the captain right and he's not on the captain is not like is differential. I managed to do that three or four times in the past. One of them. Uh, Dempsey, I think, had a hat-trick. It was his first hat-trick. And uh, the other one was really funny. And it was funny, but I think everybody at the time thought I was crazy. Uh, I captained Gerard. I think he had a double against... Uh, Ever uh, He had a double. The, his second game was against Everton. The first uh, game, he only got two points. Suarez was playing with Liverpool at the time. Then the second game, I was doing TV interview, like only sound, no, uh, no, no uh, like do it, do, do, do the interview over the phone. And Gerard scored while I was doing the interview, and I, 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 I like almost shouted, like everybody was scared, like I was talking. No, <laughs> so I, I managed to scare like maybe two hundred thousand people who were watching, and they never know why I like I was like uh, all of a sudden. Uh, but uh, that was one of my favorite memory because Gerard had a hat trick against Liverpool. And I have actually, I put it as a screensaver, the, 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 my ranking before uh, the hat-trick and after the hat-trick. I think it was the year, I, uh, it was one of the years I finished really well. My worst memory... They're always easy ones to remember. The last, yes. Like, uh, I captain Lukaku, triple captain, and double, and he managed to score uh, two and two. But when I see somebody's I respect and like, I think that was great, actually. Like, look to your Manny last year. Yeah, don't remind me. I, I had to put, a, you're talking about putting Steven Gerrard as a screensaver. I put Sadio Mane with a minus one as my screensaver on Twitter for a couple of weeks after that. Are there any player, particular players that you always pick each season? You know, players like Salah, Kevin De Bruyne, Jimmy Vardy, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Is there? Do you find, you know, in game week one, a lot of seasons, do you pick some of the same players each season? No, I really have no attachment to anyone, any one player. Every year, every year is different. And if history shows us anything, that when you finish the season, you always like record, okay, have this player this year, don't have that player next year. Like, look, look at Trent Alexander. I don't think any good fantasy player started the year without Trent Alexander. But if you, like, if you didn't go with the crowd and put him in your team, you'd have done much better. So I think every year has to be different. But the thing is, I, I know to, uh, and it hurt me this year, and I will never do this year. I think when you go with the template team for for week one, like the high highest on players, and you're a good player, it's easier easier for you to make ground. Like this year, I thought I want to finish top one thousand. So like I knew everybody will have Salah and will captain him, but I thought I will go with Mani, and it hurt me big big time because Salah had a hat trick I think week one. So now next year, what I will do is I will always start with the template team because if you're a good player, even if, if like the, the non-template team do well, you have time to catch up. But if you give advantage to good players, like it becomes difficult to catch them. Yeah, I think it's a very good point. You can, first of all, a good start we know is very, very important because nowadays with so many good FPL managers, it's so hard to catch them you know, once they get ahead. So I think you make a good point. You can almost guarantee yourself a pretty okay start if you're with the crowd and when you're with the crowd, you know, like you say, if the template team doesn't start well, 
the players ahead of you, you're probably confident that you can catch them anyway over the course of the season. And it will only, it will only be like 200,000, 300,000 behind. But yeah, if you exactly. go against the template, you're maybe 5 million or 6 million. Yeah. So this is, but of course, if you manage to, to, to hit the jackpot, then you're, you're up by a lot. Uh, if, but I don't think I'll take that gamble because it really screwed up my season, starting yeah. with non-template team. Yeah, because you spend then you spend most of the season chasing your tail, and it's like I said, it's it's harder than ever now to yeah. make up ground. Even even trying to jump 100k at the moment is extremely difficult, especially at, at you know this stage of the season. So next question I have is: Did being a, a fantasy Premier League manager play a part in you wanting to buy a football club? Yes, because uh, like growing up, Premier League was my favorite. I was a Tottenham Hotspur fan. When they used to have Glenn Huddle, Archibald, uh, when Ardiles came and played there. But then I, uh, because the Premier League was, wasn't shown live at the time. And, and then I felt into to, uh, Italian League when Maradona played there. But uh, then when I was hooked with the NFL, I, I only kept managing, like, like watching uh, my local team in Saudi. And like the big like World Cup or Champions League final. But I, did, I wasn't following any... Uh, uh, any like any football like our our, our football not like American football, but then when I got hooked to fantasy, I really got hooked to Premier League, and that's why I think every smart league in the world should encourage people to play fantasy, because it does three things magic magical three things. Number one, it makes every game in TV important to watch. Like if you don't play fantasy, you will not not care about like. Uh, like uh, now, like maybe I don't, I can't ever say Sheffield United. Like I can't say about Brighton playing uh, Fulham. <laughs> but I mean, now every game, even if you don't have players, some other people have players. So it makes every game worth watching in TV. Number two, I think it more it gets you like more in love with the, with the, with the league because like I know I have a lot of my friends who used to be big uh, like AC Milan fa- fans or Roma fans or. Uh, and w- w- when they go- w- were hooked with Premier League, now the- all they watch is Premier League over their like favorite teams. And number three, I think it also make uh, like it make like you know like some fans like I-, I don't know who won it to a couple of years ago. Uh, he was Everton fan. He never used uh, Liverpool players, but uh, but it makes you like uh, look at the game objectively, like not not like uh, put your team first. Like if you if you're addicted to fantasy. You will just go with what you believe. Like it will not, you will not be like if you're a United fan, you will hate Manchester City less if you play fantasy. Yeah, that's I, I like your first point in particular. How you know when you're a fantasy manager, every single game is is interesting. You sometimes my, my brother gives me a hard time. He'll he'll call me on a Monday evening at about 8:30 and he'll say, What are you up to? I'll say, I'm just watching, I'm watching Burnley against Fulham. And he'll say, Mark, you, you really need to get a life. And I just say, listen, yeah. this is my life now, so I, I have to watch these games, and and you enjoy them. You know, you, you become you become a Premier League fan almost number one. You know, I was a Manchester United yeah. fan when I was younger, big fan. But now I would probably say, I'm a I'm a fantasy manager first. I'm probably a Premier League fan second, and I'm now probably Manchester United fan third. And it's it's crazy what you know how being a fantasy manager can change how you feel about the Premier League and even your own team. You could have not said it better. I mean, I agree with you. It's, that's why I think when I was uh, like uh, I tried here in Saudi to to do a game like I started act- actually with my brother uh, a company to do uh, like the same system Premier, uh, like uh, that uh, Premier League has with fantasy because I really thought it will help the local league here but 
I gave up uh, two years ago because I, we couldn't get sponsors, and uh, you know you need sponsors or you need the league to buy to buy in it. And I think the league should buy in it because it's the only way that uh, look. I mean, every club in the world, no matter what the game is, you know that the, mo the most important money is TV money. And the way that to, to make TV money uh, more is to make every game is a, uh, a must-watch game. And one of the best ways to do that is fantasy. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Going to stick to a few Sheffield United related questions and then we'll get back more to FPL. Does being the owner of Sheffield United make it easier or harder to pick players from your own team? Because I know as a Manchester United fan, sometimes it can be quite hard to, to you know, invest in your own players because you have lots of feelings about them. What's that like as an owner? Does it make it easier or harder? Two things. I think when your team doing well, it makes it easier. Because like last year, I had uh, Lundstrom and I think uh, always another like Stevens or and uh, Henderson. So, and uh, we managed to get many clean sheets, so that helped me. Uh, this year, because Sheffield United is not doing well, I didn't select Sheffield United players, but the one rule, the only one rule I use is I never captain a player who play against Sheffield United. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a pretty good rule. And you mentioned Lord Lundstrom there. I mean, he is going to be, when we're, when we're playing FPL in 25 years' time, I think we're still going to be talking about about Lord Lundstrom. So, I mean, what what an FPL legend he is! I think he will make the four point five all time team because he was at four. I think Mahrez was at four and a half or five. Maybe Kane was at four and a half. I think you can make a team of four point five, like uh, or four, and Kane and Lundstrom will be one of them, right? Absolutely, Kane, Mahrez, Lundstrom, yeah. Mr. Yeah. Mr. Stuart Dallas, who I, I see you got off the bench yeah. this week as well, will probably be making exactly. it into that team. Uh, what is his name? Uh, Bisaka. Juan Bisaka at four million. Also, Crystal Palace. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be a pretty, pretty good project actually to put a team together. Maybe that's something I'll do during the summer. <laughs> okay, good. Nice. Yes. So, getting back to to some more FPL related questions. So, how would you describe yourself as an FPL manager? I think uh, I don't have the like. You know what I admire about you is you can ignore uh, price rises. You don't make your transfer until Friday. This is something I can never do. Like uh, I, I'm, I'm always making my my transfers early, but I always think because I there is another rule I have. It helps it. It makes it easier to make transfers early. That I always have a bench. All of them play. Like I never have a player in the bench who doesn't play. So I I th I, I tell myself if I bring a player now and he get injured, it's okay. I have a, a bench that can come in and play. It uh, like in the last two years I have been lucky. Like none of the players I brought early got injured, but you had you had you have those experiences. So I think that's maybe why one reason my the value is my team value is always high, but it's sometimes patience pay pay more. And so this is I don't know. You can consider it a big flaw or advantage, but I think it's both. It's it's not good and good in the same time. The other thing is, I always uh, like I, you know, like uh, I, I, I enjoy it when I when I go against the crowd. Like uh, if everybody is saying like let's bring this player, I uh, if I doubt it, like I will not be stubborn, but 
I, I sometimes like I, I think uh, two years ago I resisted bringing a player who kept scoring and uh, like I, I gave in but it was too late. But I mean usually I like to 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 stick to what I think. At the moment you mentioned um, you know going against the crowd. Are you in the same position as me now? Do you have Lingard or do you not have Lingard? Yeah, I I I, I gave up this week and uh, I brought him in. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's a good example. You know, it's I think I think I'm going to have to do the same, even even if it's a minus four before the Newcastle game. Sometimes you you can, you just can only take so much of of the punishment each weekend, and, and sometimes you just have it by a player. Two nice things could happen. He, he he will either score now, and I'll be happy because I own him, or he will stop scoring, and I'll uh, <laughs> it's okay. I mean, exactly. I I, I, uh, I won't it feels like a win-win situation. We either we get his points or or we break him. So. People can blame us when he stops scoring. Yes, yes. and now they have double. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Me What's more, <laughs> What's more important to you, overall rank or mini league position? So yeah, what's more important there? Uh, always overall rank. I mean, give me a green arrow. All the rest I can live with. But because we have a league now, I participate with some of my cousins and some of my friends. I care about that league, but like uh, if you tell me you finish second in that league and you break your own record, like I finished 150 over the world, I would take that. Instead of like uh, like winning that league and finishing 100,000, no. I want to f- finish top 10,000 even if I'm second in that league. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, on, the, on the subject of many leagues, are you in a lot of many leagues or just a few? And are you in any with any famous people that we might know? I used to be to go to many leagues, but now I cut my leagues. Only the leagues I feel that necessary to 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 be in, or I, I like to be in. And I think you can see my leagues. I'm I'm in one league with you. That's one of my favorite leagues, because uh, I mean you organize. You're not in it. I don't know if you're in it or not. Unfortunately, uh, I got relegated from my own league. Okay. Fortunately for me, I'm not relegated. Last year I had good year. I should have been relegated two years ago, but last year I think I finished good. So yeah, I'm in that league. I'm in uh, um, uh, like Saudi best is one, like maybe five or six leagues, and all of them like leagues I've been in for a long time, except for one I was invited by the Iceman. I think and I enjoyed. I mean, my only now I, I don't I want to finish like top fifty thousand if I can. I'll be happy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm still hoping for the top ten k. I think I've slipped to thirty three, but hopefully by the end of the season it will be will be top ten k. Have you used all your ships? Yes, unfortunately. So again, it's it's going to be quite challenging. Um, at the moment, I would just take one green arrow. I forget what it feels like. I I will use my triple captain this year, uh, this week. I mean, with in, in Kane on Harry Kane. Yeah, yes. I think it, I think it makes sense. Hopefully, hopefully he does better than he did when I triple captain. But him a, a I was really ago. feeling good about this week until uh, Mourinho uh, uh, benched uh, or did not play Sanchez because I have him in my team now and I want him for a double. I was going to sell him for the double. After the double, I want to play uh, to bring holding, good value, and good games, and it will allow me to bring Salah for Kane, if, uh, uh, Salah for Sun if I want it later. But I don't want to get rid of him this week because he has the double. But I'm not sure now if he he will start or not. You've got a, you've got a similar plan to me. I'm I'm going to have Son for the double game week and then hopefully have some cash to move him to to Salah because Salah's looking really good. I think I think we're going to have to get him back. So on the subject of FPL content, so what kind of FPL content do you look at during the week? Do you look at stats or or rewatch games? So what kind of your process during the week? I I I subscribe to four or five. Uh, 
بودكاست ون ون اوف ذيم از يور ذا اذر از ذا اوفيشال فانتسي بريمير ليج 1 اي هاف انذر 3 ام نوت بيكوز يور هير يورز اند ذا بريمير ليج 1 اي تراي تو ليسن افري ويك ذا اذرز اف ام دوينج ويل اي ليسن اف ام نوت دوينج ويل اي ماي لايك ليسن تو 20 مينتس اند ذن ديليت ات But I listen to like five podcasts a week, uh, Premier League podcasts. Of course, I read all the news. Uh, I watch every Premier League game, game, and I think this is a luxury. Now, I mean, it's easy for everybody to do that if you have the time. But even when, when, when they have like five, six games at a time, I can manage to watch them. And it doesn't matter me to watch four or five games at a time. And it's actually the best time in the week for me, always watching Premier League games. It's like to, like, uh, like the, the reason I like Champions League fantasy, and I play also Champions League fantasy, It helps you pass the time, like uh, till like Friday, because now Friday is a big day for me. I have Kane, triple captain. I have three players, uh, so I'm looking forward to that. I thought by the way, Calvert Lewin. I, I I made for the first time in a long time. I made three transfer minus eight. I bought uh, Trent Alexander for Criswell because I I think Criswell may not play next game. I brought Lingard just to stop like the suffering every week, like watching West Ham game, biting my <laughs> my nails. And uh, and you know the one reason it makes uh, like uh, you everybody who hasn't uh, Ling- have no Lingard suffer for one reason because of fantasy. But I have more reasons to suffer. We were to we were planning to get him alone, and uh, for Sheffield United, and uh, and then uh, I think uh, Berger got uh, injured and. Uh, We uh, uh, like uh, the the club changed the target to another player. Like uh, so, I and then we didn't go with it. But uh, Lingard actually could have been scoring these goals for uh, for Sheffield United. So that's another reason that make me I want to pick him now. So either he keeps scoring or I get rid of him at least. Extra pain for you because I, I'm sure you you would have been one of those managers who owned him the last few weeks if he was in in a Sheffield United shirt. Yeah, of course, yes. I I got rid of also Calvert Lewin. Uh, and I brought uh, the Leicester City. What is his name? Ianacho. Yeah, Ianacho. Yes. Yeah, I think very similar moves. I'm, I'm thinking about getting Lingard and Ianacho as well, probably for a minus four. So, so we either fly together or we or we fail together with those moves. Uh, but the re- one reason I thought because look, I have like four or five red arrows in a row, and uh, I thought at least let me have fun. Okay, if I have the team I like. Like I go, I go to next week. Now I am not gonna finish the top 10,000, So let's have fun. So I thought let's bring the three players and not suffer and like up, like uh, like turn the TV on and you're happy about your team. You're happy about the players. So at least I'll have uh, like four good days before before uh, Calvert Lewin hat trick and uh, <laughs> and then you're suffering again. You get rid of him. Exactly. We, at least we can enjoy for a couple of days. So I was going to ask you this question. You kind of answered already. How many Premier League matches do you watch over the course of a weekend? So you try and watch all 10, do you? Yeah, I watch all 10. And uh, if you go uh, the, the, the last 10 seasons, it would be every game. I managed to... Uh, actually, I think I missed four, four games the last 10 years. That's that's amazing. You probably watch as much Premier League football as anybody in the world then. And, and that's yes. probably... So do you think watching... Watching all the games gives you the advantage, and that's played a big part in you having the good FPL ranks. Yes, I think uh, nothing better than the eye test. And sometimes you see player like playing very well, but it doesn't show in the stats. So, but you can tell that you're about to uh, to do something or, or to explode. Yeah, you're like me. I look at stats, but for me, it's always eye test number one because if if you have the luxury like we do to watch a lot of games, you can obviously pick up little things 
that the stats won't pick up. So, and what, what's your setup like at home for watching the games? For example, last season when we had four or five games at the same time on a Saturday, I think I remember seeing a tweet. You've got, have you got five or six screens set up at the same time? I got six screens and I got a system called Savant where you can divide the screen any, anywhere you want. So I have, uh, I have four games, the most four important games in, in one screen alone. And most important, it's, like my fantasy player. It's not like if United playing City and I don't have a player, it will not be one of the top four screens. So it will be whatever my my, my fantasy team dictate. It could be the most important game, could be Fulham against West Bromwich. So anyway, it will be four games in the big four games and then one split two. So that's six games and one split to four. That sounds like the dream setup. We've, uh, we've just moved into a new house recently. So I think that's going to be, I'm going to take inspiration and, and set it up make a man cave for myself in the shed with, with the same setup that yeah. you have. And actually, you only need that setup for the last week of the season because they never play the 10 games at the same time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So talking a little bit about this season, you already touched on this as well. You had a difficult start. You found yourself at 4 million rank in game week six, but you managed to turn it around in style. You reached 76K by game week 25. Was there anything in particular that contributed to your impressive climb through the rankings? I think I uh, I played. So, uh, there were, I think you don't. You, you can't check that. Uh, I didn't have many minus four and minus eight. I played the double week, the first double week, very well. Like I I managed to get stones, and he scored two goals. I managed to like I managed to 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 to, to set a team without using a wild card, the right team, for 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 that double. Uh, I think I scored one hundred forty-seven or something. I'm not sure. And uh, if was it for 147? I'm not, yeah. You know yeah. what? It was, I think it was 153. I had a look. That was your biggest week of the season. You smashed the bench yeah. boost. And all the, I, I made like a minus, and every minus pick I brought, it scored more than four points, except for De Bruyne. And the reason he didn't score more, because I think he was injured the second game, and he was subbed like minute 58 or minute 57. He had, he had a double. But all the others I brought, they managed to score big for me. And I think before and after that, I, I really played like solid fantasy, like uh, like uh, moving ahead of the curve, like like bringing players before everybody bring them. But uh, I managed to put uh, into that with my wild card. I snapped everything. I felt like I was in control of my season. Everything was going smoothly, and then the wild card. You are one of the best players in the world, and I don't think this is a coincidence. Every year I use my wild card, I get a red arrow. So is there anything scientific about it? It's like more, like I'll bet you the second wild card, if you go like last 10 years, eight maybe out of 10 times, you do bad after the wild card. I feel exactly the same. And I think there's a very simple reason. The wild card forces us to make changes. And, you know, we've, 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 before we wild card, we have, we spent weeks and weeks building our team, 15 players that we're happy with. Then once yeah. the wild card is active, you feel like you need to make nine or 10 changes. I think last season was my most successful wildcards because I think I made only maybe three or four changes around the fringes. I say it every season. I think uh, the wildcards are the devil. You know, they, they cause people pain probably 70 or 80% of the time rather than causing them joy. And sometimes I would love to go back and see what would happen if I just didn't play my wildcard. For example, this season, if I didn't play my second wildcard, I think I would finish with a better rank than I will now with playing the wildcard. 
Okay, so we started this episode with one tip. I think this is the second important tip. Next year, the second wild card, we have to remind ourselves, don't change the whole team just because you have a wild card. Yeah, yeah. I think we should, especially the second one, yeah. View it just to make some small changes around the edges. It can't be a coincidence that eight of like, if you like almost every time you have red arrows after a wild card. It it has to be something we we do. Yeah, yeah. Quite simply, I think we just remove... We're forced to remove good picks. The good picks are in our team for a reason in the first place. For example, I sold Salah, I sold Watkins, I sold Diaz. These are all very good players. So you have to ask yourself, why Why do you sell them? You know, It's almost like you, you want a shiny new team, but quite often it just doesn't work out. Yeah, okay. So listen, learn, but hopefully we remind each other next season. Yes. So just while we're on the topic of wildcard, I noticed as well you played your first wildcard very early this season in game week two, so the first week that you could play it. Is this something that you tend to do every season? Do you usually play your first one quite early? I always play my first wildcard the first four weeks. Usually I, like, I prefer to, to, to play it like week three or four because there is always international break. I think after week three or four, that's the ideal time because you build team value, uh, you correct the mistakes, no matter how how good, how much reading you do before the season, nothing prepares you for the regular season except the season. Like you, 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 you know that like, especially with promoted teams or like new players that sign to the Premier League, they usually don't start very well. I, I always think that you should use your first wild card early to build team value and to 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 make up for the lack of like uh, uh, clarity you have before the season I, I look every year we read we, we we assume that this year like last year last year good players will perform this 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 year but they, most of the time they don't so i like to use it early and then uh, like ha, like have time to benefit out of it because like you only can use it for, uh, if you uh, like uh, it expires after 19 or 20 weeks right so if you, if you use it in week three or four you have 16 weeks to benefit and you build team value but if you late unless of course you're doing exceptionally well like you start and you're like top 10,000 and uh, you managed to hit the jackpot and uh, and to start 10,000 it means that you didn't go with the template you cannot start with the template and be 10,000. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, it's very uh, unlikely. Yeah. Yes. I mean, uh, so, uh, that, but that, it means that if you if you don't go with the template, you have to be ready to, to face what I faced this year. I screwed my season. You start 4 million or 5 million or whatever. So, I think uh, I will never do that because if you think yourself as a good player, then you would rather stay, start at 500 and catch up than start at uh, and 4 million. Uh-huh, exactly, exactly, and it's it's impressive what you've done from four million. Imagine what you could have done this season if you if you did have a good start. You'd probably be in, you probably would be close to your target of a one top one k because obviously from game week four, game week five, you you played the season extremely well. Yes, yeah. I, actually, why I, I was thinking I started six million. I look at my ranking now. I was the first one, two, three, four, five weeks at above four million. So on captaincy, do you have a strategy you follow for picking captains? Is it more about fixtures? Is it more about form? Do you focus on on big hitters for the captaincy? This should be the part of the podcast when uh, whatever I say, you do the opposite. Because <laughs> I'm really bad. I'm, I'm not very... Uh, I've, I haven't done very well selecting captains. So I think uh, if, if I can, if there is a, like a seminar 
that who uh, somebody who is really good in, in selecting captains and he wants 1,000 pounds for me to attend it, I will pay that gladly because I really think that the one area I could improve a lot is selecting a captain. And you cannot deny the numbers. If you look at the, the numbers like the, this year, I'm doing below average. What's what's like? Is there a ratio like how much you do you should do with your captain? Off the top of my head, I think something like twenty five percent of your total points should come from captains or, or, or yeah, above. I think, I think the last time I, I I checked that was like eighteen or nineteen percent. Yeah. So imagine I I, did, I had it like the other way thirty percent. I would have been now in that in the top ten thousand. Yeah, exactly. Captaincy is probably the part of the game that I hate the most, and and I've quite I've, I've haven't been great with it over the past few seasons, but this year I'm doing a lot better. I think last season my percentage was maybe 18 or 19 percent, but this year it's higher, maybe 24 or 25. And it's for me, it's just keeping it simple. If you look at my captains for the season, it's probably Kane, it's Bruno, it's Salah, and very, very rarely I'm going against them. You know, I'm captain in the big hitter in a good fixture, and this season it seems to have worked quite well for me. Okay, so then this is maybe what I should do next year because uh, I, I really think that. Uh... Uh, choosing a captain has been a big uh, like disadvantage for me. I think a good tip I picked up near the start of the season, which has definitely helped, I think it was from the, the FPL Black Box, Mark and Az, they make a matrix. So let's say for the next eight game weeks, you list the, the, the captain options, who are the best captain options, You know, do you own them? So it kind of helps with your transfer plans. But it also, you've always got that reference point. I'm going to captain this guy game week three. I'm going to captain this guy game week four. And then it helps you not to get caught out by you know going for a, a differential captain. I think that's quite helpful. I, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, uh, two years ago, I think I finished three hundred thousand uh, something, and the reason is because I think the year before it, Salah had his, his incredible year. No, no, no. Sorry, I, I decided to, uh, I I went after the season. And uh, 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 I made a, like if I captain the, the the highest scoring players of that year, every game, would I score more points, or if I change captains? And it was by far if you score the most, like scoring players. So the year after, I decided to stick with Kane as a captain, every game, and that that was the year I think Salah did very well. So it hurt me. So I think maybe that's the right strategy, but only if you manage to pick. The highest scoring player. I think if you if you if before the year, you can manage to expect who who the player will have the the highest points, and you captain him every game. I think it will beat every every other strategy. That's the hard part, though, isn't it? Highlighting which player before the season starts who is going to be that player. Always Salah or Kane or uh, Fernandez. Like if you yeah, choose one usually of, usually there's maybe three or four that you can pick out. It's going to be one of those players. Yeah, I I think maybe what we, what we should do after the season. Is we go and see if you captain Salah or Bruno or Kane every game, how much point you will score, like versus what you've done, and, and you know this rule, the one point two five. Or if you if that will score you one thirty, then maybe that should be our strategy. Yeah, definitely something. Um, I'm going to take note of that and look at it. So let's say, for example, Bruno finishes this season as the top scoring player in the game. What would we have got if we captained him every single game week? I guess one thing that's quite challenging with that strategy. You know, what happens when you get to a week like this, double game week? And let's say Bruno is your captain every week. Do you go for Harry Kane in the double game week? So maybe you yeah, can have but, some exceptions to the rule. You made some exceptions. And you know what? It makes it even more stronger. That that argument makes it more stronger. Because in the double week, you don't have to go with him. Or maybe sometimes he's injured. And if he's injured, it will go immediately to your sub-captain. 
So uh, I really think that I have a feeling, but I can't confirm it. I have we have to make this like to, to do the calculation after the season. If you go with one of the top two, let's not make it difficult. One of the top two scoring players and you captain him every game. Will you get more points than when we I mean if the answer is yes, then maybe th this will be my strategy. Like pick Salah or Kane or Bruno and just captain them all season. Because you can never predict when they will score and when they will blank. Yeah, certainly something we should we should both go and look at during the summer break. And maybe that will help us with our strategy on captains for next season. So just a couple of more questions, Abdullah. Uh, I know we've given a few tips already. What advice would you give to a new FPL manager playing the game for the first time next season? Okay, if you can manage to take the game seriously and have fun, I think you'll, it will be great because you, uh, like we, like me and you, we take it seriously, and there is a tax for for for, for you uh, us taking it seriously. It makes you sometimes not very happy when you don't don't do, do very well, but it also makes you very happy when you do well. But don't don't make it to like uh, okay if you if you get upset just get upset that night and then go like walk walk talk to your family to your wife or like uh, take it seriously but have fun because the, the, the only goal of the game is to have fun and to have fun also you have to play it your own way don't follow anybody one hundred percent I mean that's where, where is the fun like for me I would rather lose but lose like with my ideas and or win with some somebody else's ideas. So exactly. I think uh, be be yourself, have fun, but take the game seriously. Don't like like uh, if you uh, like for me to have more fun, you have to take it seriously. Like like not miss games some weeks, not like uh, uh, to 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 get maximum enjoyment. You have to be a little addictive. Yeah, good good advice. Final question, Abdullah. If you were the boss at FPL Towers, would you make any changes to the game? I will be very careful to make changes. I think one of the best things about our game is how steady, boring, uh, this one transfer is genius. Like if it, I think if it was two transfers a week, the game would not be very nice. Now strategy is very important. Like the, the transfer is the most important decision of the week. So I will, uh, if there is only one change I will make, maybe with a free hit, I will make it limitless. Like you can use any budget. It doesn't have to have 100 million budget. So then the people will start to use the free hit, not only uh, like uh, of the game uh, team, like weak with the blanks, maybe like you're, uh, sometimes like like some games, United City, like uh, Liverpool have all easy games and you will go with limit like 110 million budget. So maybe I will make the team uh, with no budget with the free hit. So people will not be like, uh, then free hit will be a more difficult decision to use because you could save it for the blanks, but on the other hand, one week you can use it with like uh, easy matchups for the big teams and you can have like in the same all the big hitters in, in one game. Yeah, that's that sounds pretty interesting, actually. I like that one. So I think that's it for the questions, Abdullah. Thank you very, very much for joining me. I'm sure people are going to enjoy this one. Best of luck for the rest of this season. And let's talk to each other in the summertime about strategy for next season. We should. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you. The Athletic. You can subscribe to The Athletic right now for a special price of £3.99 a month for six months. That's 40% off the full price of a subscription. You'll enjoy great analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers around, as well as ad-free versions of all our podcasts. Simply visit theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod to take advantage of this special 40% discount. That's theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod.